your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. They did not, so is the right answer. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. Joining me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Uh, first things first, follow the show, social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Subscribe and get notified whenever a new show goes live. <clears throat> All right. On today's episode, we will be discussing a few things. We'll get to Bowen Byram. Um, It came out. Adrian Dater reported on it. Some people are kind of upset that he reported on it, but it's out there, so we will discuss it. And it was kind of what we were all fearing as to why he uh, did not take the ice with the avalanche against Nashville. So we'll talk about that. We will also get to a very interesting article in The Athletic. And it is all about how teams in the NHL are kind of trying to, not kind of, they are, trying to build the biggest and the best practice facilities to woo uh, free agents and keep their current players how much of an impact will this have, uh, you know, gearing it towards the avalanche? Very interesting article. And uh, Kyle and I are going to kind of talk about that. And do the Avs have facilities that match up with what's going on around the league? Short answer is no. Are there, are there other ones coming? Uh, but to start, we're going to kind of continue on from not only the call. We're not going to dwell on the call. The call happened. There's nothing we can do about it now. But we will mention it in conjunction with a question that we got over on Instagram. And it's like and, and uh, Jebby40 brought it up. And this was before the predators game it's almost like he had foresight on what was coming and and posted it so it'll be in conjunction with what happened in the predators game but just to bring up bring up a a bad feeling and a bad memory we still haven't heard anything from the league you think we will no it's water under the bridge i think the nhl is trying to clean up other things right now that are going on in the league i think (laughs) Like Our um, in press boxes. <laughs> yeah, press box etiquette is probably number one on the list right now and trying to clean up the image of the league. Yeah. I think our penalty is long, long gone. They do not care anymore. Uh, I hope not. Like that, that there there's bad looks all around. And yeah, uh someone getting a lap dance is a bad look uh off the ice or away from the ice. On the ice, that it's a bad look what what the refs called uh and i think it needs to be addressed i do i really think it needs maybe it's not priority number one um but i will say this if you don't hear from them today on thursday that 48 hours you might be right you know it it doesn't take that much to 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 write up a a one page uh or even a couple paragraph thing saying like we got that wrong doesn't take yeah i i could have done it by midnight um yeah so if you don't hear within two days, yeah, I think I don't think you're going to hear from them. So I would say 
keep refreshing social media tomorrow and then uh, don't don't kill yourself to do it after that you know this is also this is one of those things that bednar could put in his lap and petition the league um this like hey i would like an answer on this call this is something that's happened with i know mark crawford um this is this is stuff that's happened before where they submit to the league hey review those tapes i think that call was wrong and you can get answer that way you can run it up the flagpole go sack it to reach out to bettman these channels have been used before so we're off for a little bit uh, yeah, I, even if the you know the league doesn't write a letter back, that's for me. That's just self serve. I, I just want to see the league own up to something. Mm-hmm. If they don't, fine. You still have a gripe, you know, in the off season where you can bring this up at meetings and say like this needs to get addressed. Yep. So it can still happen. So uh, like I said, over on Instagram, uh, Jebby Forty asked a a pretty lengthy question, um, and he says. He's seen games in other leagues that use uh, helmets with unrefs with cameras on them. A lot of times after a call from our point of view or up, up above and you say, I don't know about that. Then they show you the ref's angle and you're like, well, of course you called it that way. So the question I have is, have you seen these helmets too? And do you feel like they would be useful in the NHL? Basically cameras on referees. I feel like it would greatly benefit all involved while sometimes things are called and even the players who felt like they didn't do anything wrong could see from the ref's angle and be a little more understanding uh, that i don't think will ever happen i don't think a player <laughs> will ever say like oh you're right ref you, you got it right i think that i think players are kind of headstrong in that aspect but i get what he's saying uh being a ref is probably one of the hardest jobs out there no doubt about that man um, it's thankless most days and downright hated on some on some other days if it were not for them, we wouldn't have a sport, just a mess of things. Uh, so he says, anyway, sorry for the long post, but I just want to put in my opinion. Um, so other sports do this. I know, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, I think in, did they stop doing it in the NFL? I feel like they did it in the NFL, but I think it was more for like uh, fan enjoyment. I don't think it yeah. was like it was going to be used in replay. Yeah. But when, are there other, I mean, in, in baseball, they did it. I thought they had it on the ump in baseball. We so had this more. technology in the NHL, but on the player side in the All Star game. Yeah, and again, that's for that's fan service. Mm-hmm. That's fan service. So, I don't think if you were to have a camera on a ref, it wouldn't be for replay value. Like they, they it'd be very tough to use that camera for. You could, I guess, it'd be just another camera angle to have, but. Uh, because uh, maybe when you have like those inconclusive things, if you had mm-hmm. a ref camera with that and that ca- and that ref is right there, maybe that it's just another angle to have. I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, as far as a player seeing it from a, a ref's point of view, a player will never see it from a ref's point of view. Um, but so let's take this play. I, I think if nothing else, if you're not even going to review it and you release that video, mm-hmm. I mean, we can see clear as day that it was not too many men on the ice for the avalanche. I, th- I, I like what he's saying here. When you say like, what is the ref looking at from, yeah. hit, from, from the ice level? What exactly is he looking at that? He's calling that. And if he, if you can get that, <clears throat> that camera angle and he can point out, well, here's one, two, three, four. And if he's thinking the ref on the bench or on the wall is four, 
okay, like you're, you you got you made the wrong call. I mean, we know mm-hmm. you made the wrong call, but why did you make the wrong call from your yeah. point of view? And th- I honestly, when I saw this question, you got to think of it kind of this isn't going to be a reliable, like I th- reviewable camera angle because I don't know, like you're going to get that typical fisheye look and it's going to be a lot harder to determine what you're getting on those little cameras that go in the helmets. Um, it's going to be a, but I don't know if you can have it as an angle to make a call off of. I was thinking it's more of a, like we talked about it on yesterday's episode, like a way to keep them accountable when it comes to moments like this, when it's 50, 50, because, um, they do this in baseball. They send them down a league. Um, like you're, you're also held accountable in baseball. Um, we all oh, yeah. know like Jim Joyce when he messed up that perfect game. Like it's uh, they hold you accountable. And if you mess up on a call that's egregious and something you should have handled, you get sent mm. down and then you work your way back up. If we do that in the NHL, I think that would help with the calls being either on the nose or left alone. These little ticky tack things will not be called. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're not going if you're not going to make the refs available for our press conferences, then it just, then you would just release the video. Yeah. You know, and, and that would, that would give, you know, the, the press and the fans something. Yeah. But right now we still don't know why that guy made that call. Yeah. No clue. And we don't know what he saw. We don't know why he did it. And if you release a video, you could see like, well, this was his vantage point. And then we can pick it apart and say like, well, maybe he's doing this right now. We're doing that from uh, a bird's eye view and all the other camera angles that we have. And we can't do it from his point of view. Uh, even having said that, it's still a horrible call because it's overtime. There's less players on the ice. It's a, it's a tough call to make to begin with, uh, but it's a little bit easier when you have less players on the ice. So, yeah, I don't know. And I like his. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of putting a camera on a ref because we don't need calls like this to be broken down by the altitude crew after the game and putting in extra work to find these camera angles like this is on the yeah. league. The referees are league officials. They should be able to police themselves and understand what's going on here. We yeah. shouldn't have to be doing like Nancy drew detective work <laughs> to figure this out. Yeah. And as far as using it for review, I don't, it'd be tough to do that just because, you know, if it's on the body of a ref, that camera is always going to be moving, shaking, you know, sure. There's technology that limits that, but the way that, you know, you're skating, that's going to be up and down, up and down. But it's a, it's another option, and mm-hmm. you know it's got to be in you know high def and 4K and all that stuff, and you know it can't be VHS quality because you're not going to be able to use that. Um, Game Boy uh, camera, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Grainy green, and all that, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I guess my answer to that is why not? Yeah. What, what what's the harm in it? I don't yeah. think there's any harm in doing it. So maybe not using it for anything other than that right away. Mm-hmm. Build up to, well, it's it's good technology. We can get good views on it. And then you incorporate, if you can, uh, replay from it or anything like that. So good question, man. And, and very timely. Very timely. Way to call it. All right. Um, let's get to this article on the athletic very very interesting article if you, if you don't subscribe to the athletic um i i recommend it they don't sponsor the show at all uh but i'm just like they, they do very good uh journalism over there 
and it can be expensive, but I think they're running a special right now. You can always find mm-hmm. it for, for cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, right now they, they have an article up. It came up a, a couple of days ago, actually. And I don't have it in front of me, so I can't give the author credit, but very well done. And it is about how the league is, is trying to one up one another on practice facilities as a way to entertain free agents um, and keep obviously the players that you have. And they, they mention obviously the Seattle Kraken and that is a state of the art building. Uh, they mentioned the Los Angeles Kings and how that has been a work in progress. And I loved what they said about that and how it, it almost reminded me of Disney. Yeah. Walt, Dis- Walt Disney said Disneyland is never done. Mm-hmm. There's always something to, to build. And, and uh, that that's what the, I can't remember who made the comments on it saying that I never want this to be complete. You Luke Robitaille. It was, was it Robitaille that said it? Okay. I don't know if it was like a, someone in the front office or him. So, uh, and he said that he's like, I want to constantly be on the forefront of things and not just have this building and it just sits here. Um, who else they talk about? They talk about the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really all started in the bubble when, when teams were at the Rogers center and, or what is it? The Rogers center, Rogers arena, the Rogers center, yeah, uh, Rogers arena, maybe? whatever it, it's Rogers in place. It's the, the it's Rogers, Rogers building, you know, the Rogers building. Yeah. And when they were in the bubble and teams were using the, the Edmonton home mm-hmm. uh, locker rooms. Mm-hmm which teams have not seen before clearly because that's designated for the Edmonton Oilers. And they were seeing all of these things in their locker room. That was like, wow, this is a, another world. Why don't, why doesn't my team have this? Yeah. And really since then players are requesting, why can't we get this? Let's get this. And it's been this, uh, this whole one upping thing of building bigger, better. And we're talking about practice facilities. Mm-hmm. There are some, teams that don't have a practice facility and their practice facility technically is their arena, but they had and the Rogers centers is a good example of it. It's so massive. They put everything in one building. Yeah. Other places like are detached. Most of them are on the other side of town and they're building these beautiful ice rinks that are open to the public. They do hockey tournaments there. They do free skates there. They have all these, different uh uh i don't know anything that even doesn't have to do with hockey they just bring in farmers markets and stuff you know what i mean (laughs) just just stuff around the community to get things involved but they're beautiful um and and we were talking about philip grubauer and that could have been a, a very big reason why he went there like that is state of the art stuff you are getting pampered there yeah Think forward ahead, man. And we're always thinking about Nathan McKinnon. Could that be something? Well, just one of the little pieces of the puzzle to woo Nathan McKinnon away from the avalanche. I mean, when you read that athletic article, um, just recently we had Duncan Keith go from the Blackhawks to the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, to be closer to his family because everything he experienced in the bubble, but he could have went anywhere north of the border. What's Edmonton? And they're mentioned in this article about them going over the top to pamper even the away locker rooms because that's a way yeah. for if you visit an arena and they're a, 
their visiting locker room is better than your home locker room, that tells you something. Uh, you're so, going to be thinking, what what's the home locker room like? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I can't get in there. Like, what? And I think that was the Islanders uh, mm-hmm. arena, the brand new Islanders arena. And they got they got a good point. Lula Morello was saying, like, we you know we want to have an away team come in here and be amazed by this. And when someone becomes a free agent, say like, I was impressed by your away locker room. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Exactly. That's <laughs> and when something we t- to pay attention to. And when you talk about practice facilities, it's something you don't even think about. But this is where they spend a lot of the time together, growing together, getting to know each other. And the first thing you think of when you think of practice facilities is usually Boston because a lot of their pictures are done there. Like Mm -hmm. that's where you see them like getting it together. And the Avalanche, you see it briefly on Avalanche 360. And if you haven't looked it up, the South Suburban Family Sports Center, Mm. Google it. Yeah. Compared it's, to what you see in Boston, and then now you understand why we're bringing this up now when it, in the relation to Nathan McKinnon. Right. And and the Avalanche don't have a, a awful practice facility. It's just not something that's state-of-the-art. Go look at what the Avalanche practice in, and then go look, like, like Kyle's saying, go look at Boston. Go look at Minnesota's. Yes. Go, go look at the Red Wings. Clearly, go go look at the Kings. Go look at Seattle. Dallas. Dallas has a beautiful one. Like th- this is this is something that before was maybe like an afterthought. She's like, oh, this is where we practice. But no, like Kyle said, like this is where guys spend a lot of their time. And I know the. I think does the Dallas one have four ice sheets? Of yes, ice? that's crazy. I think I know the Avalanche. I think has two or three. Most of them have like multiple, obviously. But the accessibility of them, especially the Kraken one, it's it's ama- it's beautiful. And there's, you know, and everything in Seattle has a Starbucks. You go into a of bathroom, it's got a it's got a Starbucks. Um, but they have that. So all of these little things are a big picture of how that franchise is represented. Mm-hmm. And I, if you ask me. I think the Avs got to, to up their game, and I, and I tried finding it. I tried so hard finding it. I read somewhere, I don't know if it was an article or a tweet somewhere, that it was talked about. Mm-hmm. The Cronkies were talking about recognizing this and needing to, to build a bigger, better practice facility. I think it needs to happen if, if you're the Colorado Avalanche. And the Avalanche are one of the luckier teams. Um, it's in the athletic article as well that the Kings – they have the sheets of ice where they could practice with their AHL team. Right. And yeah. we have we have the Eagles just up the road. Like, how great would it be if we can, especially with taxi squads, everybody practice in their own state-of-the-art facility? Mm-hmm. And you wonder why places like Dallas get Corey Perry or Tampa Bay, why Belmar went to Tampa Bay. The Cup is great, but you have facilities. Like, yeah. you wonder why these veteran guys go to these weird places look at the facilities yeah and if you want to keep players like nathan mckinnon it's we cut landis gog he's here but kale mccarr once they start really getting in here is it going to be easier to keep them at home or somewhere where they can get treated like an nhl star you know and it's not 
the the bottom line for every you know it, this is not the one and only thing that is going to want a player to sign with you mm-hmm. money and and term of contract are always going to the win the day yeah <laughs> that, that's always going to be number one number two these are just you ever see the movie uh family man with nicholas cage yes yeah when he when he sees the glimpse into the other life he could have had yeah. and he and he finds his old job and he they they offer him his yeah. old job in his real life and he shows his wife like this beautiful penthouse uh apartment and she's like what is this and he just he just looks at her he goes this is a perk kate yep that's what this stuff is it's all perks and these mm-hmm. guys like this stuff you know what i mean yep. and 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 at any point in the career the young guys will love it cuz that's cool fresh new technology mm-hmm. is there state of the art and the older guys will love it too if they want to end their career on a nice you know uh i don't want to say relaxing but um you, you know uh, something like seattle what seattle's built yeah you, you'd want to end your career in somewhere like that so Where you're taken care of and appreciated right exactly so it's a big deal. Something to watch. I, I, I don't know if you can find if anybody can find anything on if the Colorado Avalanche have any plans to, you know, uh, build a brand new practice facility that's kind of keeping up with the Joneses, more or less. Um, let me know. Send it over because I, I, I think this is something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, and and uh, clearly at this st- stage of the game, they're not going to have anything built by the time Nathan McKinnon is a free agent. But at least if they have plans for it to say, like, look, this is what's coming, um, you know, it just might be another reason for him to stay. And I thought the very end of that article spoke volumes with the Florida Panthers. Yeah, they are building one now. And because Mm -hmm. of COVID, they couldn't play the the all-star game. So the league went to them and said, you can have it next year or we can postpone it and we'll have it some other time in the future. They chose some other time in the future. Why? Because the practice facility will be done by then. What better way to impress the best of the best when yep. they come to Florida for a, a all-star game and they see that brand new facility. Brilliant move. Brilliant move. All right. Um, let's hear from Bet Online, and then uh, I hate to end the show on a downer, but I guess we're going to have to today. <laughs> so Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. The they start this week. Oh man, NFL playoffs are here. So Not my Betonline, team. Oh gotta- yes, yes. You you are you are a uh, fan of the number one ranked Tennessee Titans. Tennessee we Titans. Get- I don't. Well- I don't know why. He's the only Titans fan in the nation. Uh, <laughs> BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. And you sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. That is betonline.ag. All right. So kind of like we said in the beginning, we were uh, kind of thinking the worst. When you hear Bo Byram is not going to be playing and he's out, um, just the things that have been going on with him and, and the concussion issues that he's had and the lingering effects from it. 
but the abs didn't come out and say that. They just said he's taken, you know, for personal reasons. So you kind of held out hope, like, well, maybe it's not that. You're taking time off for personal reasons is going to be bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then uh, Adrian Dater reported that he spoke with the parents of Bo Byram and they said, yeah, they, they called him up and, or he called them up and just is like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't play the way that I am right now. So he went, I think he made the trip. It sounded like he made the trip to Nashville. Right. And then they sent him home or did I think, he, uh, I think I that's, know. I think that's how I read that. Cause like, I think just, it was when he woke up cause they had like a short window or something. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that we have talked about mm-hmm. all season long. And I remember we, you know, months ago when he went out for the first time, we had kind of thrown around the idea of he needs to take the rest of the year off. Mm -hmm. And we were even questioning, is this a career ender for him? Like you have to think bigger picture and he is a young kid and he's, he's going through all of these issues. This is serious, serious stuff. Um, Obviously his health is first and foremost, Mm -hmm. I don't even care about the rest of the year. If, if he plays like I, 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 I don't know, man, like this, this, this is taught like reading that. Um, it was tough. I gotta say, I gotta admit, I, I wasn't feeling, I mean, yeah, I was feeling horrible for him, but I was putting myself in that situation. And like, if my kid called me yeah, and said, I can't do this, I I'm, I'm just, I, I'm in too much pain. I, I, and he, if he was in Nashville, I would have piloted the plane myself (laughs) to get over there and go get him. Like, that's just what you do with your kids. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know where to go with this. What's your take on it? Yeah. And it's one of those situations, you know, I mean, to play in the NHL, it's a dream. Like so many kids don't get the chance to do that. So, you know, he's, this isn't like he's tried every possible way to play the game. And if he's waking up saying, I can't do this. He's exhausted every other option. So, like, stick taps to Bo. I know we talked about it that game. I can't remember who we were playing, but Ryan Murray and both Ryan Murray and Bo Byram showed up, and we were surprised Ryan Murray showed up early. And then we were surprised we were seeing Bo and Byram because we didn't want to see him for the rest of the year because you knew something was up. And honestly, I think we all could just kind of take a sigh of relief and a little joy that he got to call it on his terms because with injuries like this you don't want to play around with it like this is long-term nasty stuff like that he had the wherewithal to say okay that's enough i can't and walk away from the game on his own terms speaks volumes to what we've seen come through the 70s and 80s and a little bit of the 90s with head injuries as well so you if you want something to take away positive be glad Bo and Byram was able to tell you the story at 20 years old at 20 you know, years like old. you said like when you when you make it to this level and you're that age and you're a high draft pick uh you might not make the best decision and, and no. you might run back out there thinking like oh, I'll, I'll overcome it I give them incredible incredible stick taps to, to yep. say like nope I I gotta I gotta take this serious not to say that he ever wasn't but um it's just you, 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 you hate to see this. And yeah, when he came back, I'm telling you, and I, I said it at the time, like any any slight hit he takes, I'm going to be cringing. And there were some some moments where after the, the whistle was blown, there was a couple like scrums and, you know, like some face washing going on. And I'm like, I don't even want to see that. I, I just I, it wasn't enjoyable. 
yeah. it's not enjoyable to watch him out there knowing that, you know, just those little tiny things. And I didn't see anything in the games that he played where he took huge hits, but you don't need it. No. You don't need it when, 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 you're, when you're susceptible to that. Uh, just those little, like, you know, body checks here and there throughout the game, they, they, they hurt you more than the guy who's not going through what he's going through. Yeah, and at 20 years old, when you have the chance to play on a what used to be a pretty prestigious and historical NHL team with the record of like in Wausau, at Forsberg, you get to wear that that logo on the front of your jersey. At 20 years old, to have the wherewithal to take care of the name on the back of the jersey hmm. um, speaks volumes to the character of Bo and Byram. Um, we support you. Whatever you got going on in the future whatever capacity we're just glad that you were taking care of yourself the name on the back and putting it before the team on the front because that's what matters you go home to yourself so Bo and byram we're wishing nothing but mm. the best for you going forward very well said well said yeah and as young as he is um yeah i think fans have taken a, a fondness to him so mm-hmm. uh anybody that was going through this on the avalanche you know fans would be behind him but uh, like I said, I think just because fans just rallied behind him just because he started playing so well, now they're rallying behind him for his health and his safety. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Bo, if you are are listening, which every single Avalanche player listens to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, they do. Yeah, uh, get well, man. Just I know, I know you're thinking of yourself clearly. So, and that and that's what exactly what you should be doing. Yep. All right, uh, we got one more for the week, and that's tomorrow. We'll get you prepped for the weekend and this back-to-back with Arizona. And uh, that letter that is in the mail right now that is on its way to Avalanche headquarters. And of course. we'll read that in full tomorrow. God, I hope that happens. I could fully rely on this league. <laughs> <laughs> Always have been able to. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. It's always appreciated. If you want to hear those power rankings, head on over to Locked on NHL. Make that your second listen of the day where Adam Denker and I break down this week's power rankings across the league. All right. That's going to wrap it up. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked on Avalanche podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.